0: This is episode 06 of Free as in Freedom for Tuesday, January 4th, 2011. Hi, I'm Karen Sandler.
1: And I'm Bradley Kuhn.
0: And Happy New Year. What? (laughs) This is Free as in Freedom. That's true. But this is, even though it's still 2010 while we're recording this, it will be released in 2011.
1: So you're saying we can record something and then people will hear it later?
0: It's like we're in the future now. No, we're not. Well, they're in the past.
1: No, they're definitely not in the past. <laughs>
0: they're this in the whole our, thing, time travel. They're in our future past.
1: Time travel into the future is easy. Time travel in the past is, may not be possible. It's very easy to time travel in the future. Oh, yeah. Can we? I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and you could do it even faster, too, if you go any other speed of light. So, you can always time travel. Problem the solved. So, if we accelerate this oddcast into the speed of light, it will be there already. As soon as we record it, if we did that, it would be there seconds after we record it.
0: And here, I was just thinking that we were releasing this on the second day of everybody's work after the new year, okay. after, after a short break for most people, not everyone, but some people will have a day or two at least off right before. So we're here getting people back in the swing of things.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about something from their perspective was a month ago. No. Yes we are. Our topic no. is will be a from the Oh month
0: oh, ago. oh 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 I thought you meant we were talking now, but you were talking about the future. I was talking in about, about we're,
1: we're gonna talk about <laughs> it will be a month old news for them when they hear it.
0: Wow, and the thing that we were gonna talk the other idea that we had to talk about, which we might do on the next show, will be even we'll be even older.
1: Older than a month?
0: Oh well, maybe not older than a month. Yeah, it'll be older than a month by then, oh, I think. But,
1: yeah, but it was the same very similar topic. Or
0: to the month, the last we might it's not a similar topic to last time. We can talk about legal cases on the show. I'm a lawyer.
1: I know. I didn't forget. You've
0: worked with lawyers a lot. I know. <laughs> Bradley hates us
1: a little. Not you personally, just the class of profession. Where do you draw the line? And uh, well, I don't know. It's it's uh, lawyer Wall actually said something interesting about this. That that um, I forget what profession he was talking about, but he said it, it doesn't mean anything to say. 80% of the people in this professional are horrible. 80% of the people in all professions are horrible.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, that's what I generally think is, is, well, I don't, I don't agree that 80% of people are horrible, but. I forget what
1: the percentage was. I, I, be I do that
0: agree up. that, um, that there are, that people make generalizations based on a few people who muck it up for everybody else by being jerks. Um, unfortunately, especially the kind of jerkiness that is apparent in the legal profession is especially vocal. Well, so you would think – you, you draw the is, conclusions that more people are like that just because those are the people you hear.
1: And actually this happened in computing as well. When you have a profession that's known to be highly lucrative, it attracts people who are not very good people because they're only in it for the money. And actually I would say a oh, lot you said, of people – Oh, you've actually yeah. said
0: this before on the show.
1: Oh, I, uh, maybe the old show. I
0: think so. Well, the old show, the new show. Yeah, It's all show. one show. It's a different show. Same music.
1: But it's a different show. I tried to get new music. Same presenters. not get – I Well, maybe, but... Um,
0: Same overall topics.
1: We've expanded our topic... A
0: tiny bit.
1: Yeah. So my point, which I had, was that anytime someone is going after a profession primarily because it's known to be lucrative as opposed to their excitement and interest for the field, they're always going to be not very good people. And and lots of computer science type people, a lot of the people involved with dot com type stuff... And all that were not people who cared about computing and the future of what happens to users of computers and what whether code elegant or not. They didn't care about that. They just heard they can make a lot of money in computers.
0: I just think there are a lot of bad reasons that people get into all sorts of different professions, but okay. Well, but I I,
1: I think that people who are in highly paid professions oftentimes are self-selected because they heard the profession was lucrative.
0: So do you think that that um, sort of the personalities that are drawn to the legal profession will no longer be as
1: that's where I was going, oh, yeah, because now that this that you can't get jobs at law firms and they're not rescind. they're rescinding offers for people that they made, mm-hmm. hopefully the law pressure law- i mean it's it's a terrible crisis for people who are just getting out of law school, but I right, don't I mean, actually know of
0: anybody whose offer was rescinded, but I do know of people who had offers who were then told that they should um, that, that they could take a much lesser salary to work um at a non nonprofit for a year so. Um which is a a really amazing development in a lot of ways so there are a lot of um legal fellows that get a much a much reduced salary from the law firm but they um they work full time at a nonprofit provided that that nonprofit has a um a full time lawyer that can supervise their work
1: yeah your organization has a couple of those people' I don't think.
0: yeah the software freedom Law Center has two and it's great um it's great because it's free legal help for the um for the nonprofit and it's great because the um the young lawyers—I say young, but really it's junior lawyers—because all sorts of people go to law school later in life. Um, so the junior lawyers are are able to get a good experience and training at SFLC. It's a lot more than they would have gotten had they been in a law firm for the first. I mean, my first year at a law firm, I spent mostly proofreading. And the people who are working at SFLC are getting much much more interesting work experience.
1: You don't make them proofread.
0: I also make them proofread, <laughs> but but when I was at the law firm, it was like massive documents that I had to proofread um, all the time.
1: Yeah, I was I was talking about that uh, when I had my uh, my deposition
0: about because me some, proofreading.
1: Um, no, about other people having to read what I'd written
0: mm-hmm.
1: and whether that was boring or not.
0: Did you talk about the deposition here?
1: No, not in detail. I have mentioned it online though, so it it's fact that I, t- I had one It's okay. public. So. I'm not making anything new public. Okay. But uh, yeah, Karen's I, not going to comment. I was going
0: to say, I try not to talk about uh, ongoing litigation, but I'm not involved with it either. So I don't yeah, know. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. It's fine. But I have mentioned publicly that I was deposed in Conservancy v. Best Buy. But that's a fact that would be obvious from litigation that's gone on mm-hmm. this long anyway. Um. So, but that's not, we weren't going to talk about any legal ish stuff. Well, I mean, well, sure
0: bit. we were. We always talk about legal well, yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, but
1: not, that, not as much as we were talking about there. So, so we were going to talk about this, this thing from a month ago because somebody asked us. Alison Chaikin, one of our listeners, asked us to talk about this. But I was going to talk about it anyway. And I told her that when she suggested it, that I already had it on the list. Oh, great. But she suggested it anyway. So I guess we should give her credit. So we did. Um,
0: Sort and, of. You sort of gave her credit.
1: Well, she did raise it as an issue independently. I did not say in the channel, I'm going to talk about this. And then she showed up and said, why don't you talk about this? It wasn't one of those things.
0: Anyway, it's, it's really, Truly, really great when listeners suggest topics.
1: So this is uh, – uh, you might want to go read the announcement in the from the show notes. So if you want to pause now and go read that. Uh, we're going to be making reference to it probably.
0: But um, we should just summarize what it says. And we will
1: summarize. Uh, so it's uh, an issue. Because if
0: you're driving, you can't go and look at it. I don't drive. Well, you're not driving, but one of our listeners might be. They shouldn't
1: drive. It's bad for the environment. Um,
0: many Have you of considered
1: our... biking and walking?
0: <laughs> if you're driving right I know of at least one of our listeners who would not be able to uh, get to where they're going by just walking or bicycling.
1: Have you considered public transportation? Well, I'm just
0: asking. I take, I hard. mean, I take public transportation I know every you do.
1: You don't have a car either.
0: I don't have – I've never owned a car.
1: I have owned a car, actually. Well, see. I'm worse. See, I created mm-hmm. one car. Not created, but I've I disposed of one car into the system. <laughs> and
0: here you were with Stallman on the objection to the, the term creator.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I was the generator of one car into the system.
0: You were not the generator of a car.
1: Well, I I, I caused <laughs> that car to have been purchased as because I cause I bought a new car once. You
0: you spurred the manufacturing of more cars. Yeah,
1: especially because I bought a new car once, right. which I don't buy new stuff anymore myself. So should we take a short break and then come back to do this, or should we just keep going?
0: Um, let's keep going. Okay. I think that's easier for, um, for. Producer Dan. Okay,
1: that's fine. So we're going to keep going. So this topic...
0: And if you hear a small child... We either. haven't said the topic. <laughs> okay.
1: The topic is... There there
0: might be somebody outside of the, the place where we're recording who's running around is all...
1: Which is why I want to take a break.
0: Right. But instead, you might hear it.
1: Yeah, there's noise. We're sorry. Um, But actually, what they're really mad about is we've done the thing where we talk about something before talking about it. But we did tell them, go read it in the show notes, so...
0: Oh, might. I see.
1: But they're probably upset about that. So we should say... Grub uh, added, which Grub is the bootloader uh, that's used for many GNU Linux systems and other systems as well. Uh, It added support for the ZFS file system last month, and it did so in an exception to its normal copyright assignment policy.
0: What does the Z stand for in ZFS?
1: Uh, Zed. Really? (laughs) I don't. Um, I don't know if it's an acronym. Are you sure it's an acronym? Well, FS. Well, it, it, that, is, that mean, can be used in the acronym. So let's see what the – well, let's look at the – let's use the internets for our listeners' behalf. I don't see it being expanded as an acronym here. It is trademarked by Oracle. Well, that's no surprise. That's no surprise, but – oh, the name originally stood for Zettabyte
0: File System. Ah, that's interesting.
1: Because it comparatively it stores store Zettabyte files. But I don't think that's what it actually stands for. I don't think – I think it's – Where each zettabyte I,
0: was 2 to the what? 2 to the
1: two 70th. 58th, yeah. So anyway. it's so you can store 2 to the 58 zettabytes. So it's not it – Where
0: each sense. zettabyte is 2 to the 70th yeah. bytes. Okay. I, anyway, I didn't I, I to I think interrupt. Let's go back to what you were saying. I just I – always wondered that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, – yeah, and by the way, listeners, don't write in. I know that in the U.S. we say Z, and in the U.K. and elsewhere in the world, in English, they say Z, and I was making a joke that I just want, don't want people to write in to tell me that Z and Z are the same thing. I was worried people might do that after my joke. Okay. I didn't want to say We don't loud.
0: really get that many emails.
1: I don't know. I just was worried people would write okay. in and say I
0: sounded dumb. I feel but like I if we had a flood of emails, it'd be fun about anything, really. Yeah, but
1: it was, it was saying I was dumb that I didn't know the difference between that I didn't know Z and Z were the same thing, just the name for the letter.
0: I don't think anyone. That's cares. the last
1: letter of the of the English alphabet. Okay.
0: So anyway. Anyway, I, actually, getting back to the first part, when I was proofreading, that was one of the biggest problems, is that I was living in London, but I was doing a, having an American legal practice, and um, and there were all of the. Um, all of the, like, prospectuses that I was editing were written by people who had a mix of American English and English-English. And so you would get, like, a smattering of different – of, like, words like realized and refer- references to Z, but instead of Z and things like that. And then you have to go – But how
1: – why would that be written? Wouldn't they just write Z the letter, well, the single character?
0: Yeah, you're right. Zed was a bad example, but uh, – Z a really bad
1: example because then nobody ever writes out the names of all the letters as you pronounce them.
0: Except, yeah, no, that's Except true. when you're
1: teaching somebody – how to pronounce them.
0: Um yeah. There must be another example of that.
1: Zulu. I just say Zulu anyway. Because <laughs> that's the phonetic alphabet version from the NATO alphabet.
0: Um anyway, I've like two or three times taken us off topic. That's true. And I apologize. So we're
1: talking about the Zulu Foxtrot Sierra file system. That's what we're talking about. And it well actually specifically the support for Grub. Uh, for that. And so as it turns out, I actually didn't know this till I read this article, that in fact, Oracle had released some of the ZFS code under GPL v2 or later, at some point in the past, primarily to make it uh, work with Grub, which apparently also is the bootloader uh, which is used for, uh, for Open Solaris as well. I didn't even know, I knew none of this. I didn't know that OpenSolaris ah. used Grub as bootloader, and I didn't know that they. Actually, if I'd been told that, I would have deduced that they must have licensed some of the Z- Z- ZFS or ZFS code under um, the uh, under the GPLv2 GPL two plus. Yeah. Well, actually, GPLv2 GPL two at least. Okay, right? maybe, but plus makes sense. V two plus makes sense because that's what Grub's license was at the time they integrated. V two
0: plus it. meaning V two or, or later. later yeah. So I find it very confusing when people refer to or later as plus.
1: Yeah, I know. I've, I was recently in an email thread where somebody was doing that a lot, which is why it's on my mind. I, oh, do, okay. I normally say or later, but they were doing it plus plus. They were doing it constantly in the email. So I just yeah. was, actually I was just reading that today. So it was in my. We mind.
0: once worked on a document. I don't know if you remember, but where um, <coughs> where we actually defined a term GPL pl- GPL plus to GPL v two plus to mean that, and then we thought better of it. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. Really say um, so. Uh, the question
1: was for grub whether they wanted to import this code given that it's highly unlikely that oracle would assign copyrights uh to The FSF. In fact, they probably wouldn't assign copyright on that code. And Mm -hmm. Grub is one of those GNU projects that has copyright assignment. Now, to be clear, a lot of people don't realize this. Oh,
0: so they're actually – I didn't realize that there were GNU projects that didn't have copyright assignment.
1: That's quite correct. In fact, the GNU project policy is actually not different from Conservancy's policy Oh. in the initial stages. There's probably a minor difference that I'll get to in a second. Uh, the FSF does not require something assigned copyright to become a GNU project. In fact, RMS has been very careful. It's not very, it's not very easy because he's, he's both president of FSF and chief GNU since at the same time. He's tried for years to try to recruit somebody else to be chief GNU since so that the roles were not Mm -hmm. confused in that way, but they're still confused. But he does try his best to keep them separate. And the GNU project policy is, has nothing to do with FSF assignment. You have to, the, the, the reverse is not true. You have to be a GNU project for the FSF to be willing to accept assignment. But if you are a GNU project, you are not required. So it's oh, not if and only if. I actually didn't know that. It only goes that. one way conditional, not if and only if.
0: Boy, if I didn't know that, I bet a lot of other people didn't yeah, know that, Yeah, that's what actually. I was about to say
1: when you started asking, <laughs> yeah. So, so, But but, but the difference, and, and that's basically, it's basically conservancy's policy, which is conservancy will accept copyright assignment on conservancy projects, but it doesn't require it as part right. of joining conservancy. The difference between conservancy's and FSF's policy in this regard is that one uh, no, normal FSF policy, which we're going to talk about an exception to here, is that once something's assigned FSF, the entire code base must be assigned. Right. Not just portions of the code base. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's an all or nothing scenario. Conservancy will accept partial copyright assignment. We'll accept copyright assignment. Which is from part of
0: people. why when there's disagreement, there's such quick discussion of forks, I think.
1: In, in, in GNU projects. Yeah. yeah. That, that happened to be copyright
0: assignment. Yeah. Or FSF.
1: Yeah. Because people, projects. well, people, some people, there's been many. Arguments over FSF copyright assignment for many years, which yeah. I didn't necessarily want to go exactly down that rat hole, uh, because I think this is an interesting case where FSF did make an exception to including some code that can basically never be assigned mm-hmm. into the code base.
0: And this is really the first exception like that. Uh, I, it's I hard don't to believe know that of that's any the case. Others offhand, because there's so much you know useful and. You know, freely licensed code that you can't go back and, hey, it's been and a get problem. assignment for. It's
1: been an argument, and okay. I think that we have to start thinking about this whole issue again. Well, I think considered. over time
0: there won't be any other choice. Yeah, I'm Over not time, sure. well, maybe not. That's I'm not dramatic, sure. I mean, FSF but...
1: can still keep its keep its policies, and and it, it, it would be and I, and. Even as an FSF director, as somebody who who agrees with and wants to defend FSF policies, um, I'd I'd be disingenuous if I were to say that there wasn't code that that sort of got fallen by the wayside because of this policy. The, the great example that I always give is the the COBOL frontends that have over the years been written for GCC. There's at least one I know of out there that was actively developed by many contributors. They they because there's not a lot of overlap between the traditional free software compiler community and COBOL community, as you might guess. Yeah. Uh, the people who did it didn't know about the copyright assignment policy. They mm-hmm. took contributions from all over the place. And there's a – there's a what I understand is a reasonable COBOL front end for GCC out there unmaintained because they worked on it. They couldn't go back and find copyright – people – everybody assigned copyright and FSF couldn't accept it into the main line GCC.
0: Now, I really do think that you called it a rat hole. I don't think it is a rat hole. I think we should actually talk briefly about copyright assignment and why it might be a good idea because – Sort of the way you're you're couching this makes it sound like assigning is a pain in the ass. It doesn't matter. Why would we even worry about this when it could just cause a lot of trouble? Right. And I think there is a, there are a lot of reasons why it's advantageous to have copyright assignment under certain circumstances, like to a nonprofit with promises about what you'll do with the assigned code.
1: Right, and the argument given right here in this uh, discussion, where they talk about Grub importing this CFS code, but that assignment talks about why. Copyright assignment is important. The, the main reason they give, which is uh, the issue of allowing a single entity to do the enforcement of the copyleft license.
0: Yeah, and you know, while while that hasn't necessarily been an obstacle in the United States, there are a lot of jurisdictions where um, – or there have been jurisdictions pointed to as, as being um, – a, a much greater hurdle for getting into court.
1: So I've had a hard so 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 and the, the funny thing is 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 taking out taking away my FSF role and putting into other roles where I'm basically the uh among other things the GPL enforcer in chief of the BusyBox project and, and I do that through my work at Conservancy. Uh we've been very successful enforcing the copyrights of BusyBox. Uh, without a uh, – I think we actually have a majority of copyright holders, if you counted lines, uh, who are doing the enforcement and are, are are basically working with us in the enforcement. Uh, but uh, certainly BusyBox does not have a single copyright holder. has probably hundreds of copyright holders. Uh, it's not a singly held work by any means. And we've done successful enforcement in the U.S., as you agree that that's easy there. And we've done it in Europe as well. There's been a slightly higher burden we had to show – um, the the courts tended to be interested in: Do you have enough of the copyright? Yeah, and you
0: haven't been in every jurisdiction either. That's true; we have not. So, um, you know.
1: So, but do do you know? I know you're not a lawyer in those jurisdictions, no. but do you know <laughs> what 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 the 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 jurisprudence on this is? Like, what what is the thinking about why you can't go into court with just some of the copyright?
0: Yeah, no, I honestly don't. I, I mean, I I haven't. I'm just not familiar with it, mm-hmm. but I would surmise. That it's because you know there could be an argument that other copyright holders have granted permission, and you know. Oh, but that
1: would be well in the U.S. That would be an affirmative defense for the other side, but.
0: Right, but you know you could say, well, if if there is really copyright infringement, you should be able to have all of the copyright holders.
1: Yeah, but what if some copyright
0: holders uh, don't
1: want that uh, to to do it? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I completely hear what you're saying.
1: Or that they just want to be, a, they don't, not that they don't want to do it. They may be supportive of, I find this all the time in GPL enforcement, actually. Copyright holders are generally supportive of the idea of doing the enforcement, but they just don't want to be involved because they're too busy.
0: Yeah, I can't blame them really.
1: Yeah, it's not, not everybody it's wants to. It's a big pain in the neck. That's horrible. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a horrible thing to do. It's just horrible type of work to do. Yeah. It's not. It's not what you. Uh,
0: yeah. So I mean, I guess the doing. short the short answer for me is I don't know. Yeah. So it would be interesting to find out.
1: So and I, I think I think FSF's uh, argument traditionally was much stronger uh, because we didn't know. I, I think that it's it's weird because sitting here and saying well FSF does this well, for good well, reason, hang on. but actually, I've also been the person who sort of shown it doesn't need it. Actually, need it. the
0: the main reason that I have found copyright assignment to be useful is and and maybe. Maybe there's actually less of a need for the FSF to have it, actually, because the real reason where copyright assignment is very useful is when there's a problem with the license that has been originally chosen. Mm-hmm. So under those circumstances, it's very useful to have assignment because then the um, the organization that it's been assigned to can really send a new version, and that's great, you know, especially if it's a nonprofit and maybe the law has changed, mm-hmm. or you know, or something's happened that's made you know. So
1: this this is a topic i want to I'm I'm glad and. And concerned at the same time that you went here because I think this is a topic that I want to go into more depth on another show.
0: But well, we were told not to talk about our we were we, somebody one of our listeners did suggest that we not talk about our topics before we um we discuss them here. Oh yeah. And we like haven't suggestion. discussed this stuff so
1: Yeah, so I think um, the, the thing, the thing that I, I think is really interesting in that and I, I want to basically devote a whole show to this. And I actually want to see if we can get Fontana back because he's the one who talked most about this lately that every other copyleft license except for GPL has an automatic or later. Mozilla does the CC licenses do. And it's only GPL that has this or uh, this only idea in it that that basically left the OR later as an option going back to GPL version Mm 1. And then there was all this political hubbabaloo about whether or not uh, people were going to go to GPL version 3 and whether the Linux kernel was licensed GPL v2 and, uh, GPO2 only, which they argue that it always has been, and there was all that argument. But the thing is, is that if they were under Mozilla public license, for example, they would have been granting Netscape Incorporated to relicense their code anytime they want. If they were Creative Commons license, which of course code it well, wouldn't be. Well, the Creative gra- Commons
0: is a little bit different in part because I think what they're, what those licenses do are a little bit narrower. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, no, it's a general copyleft. CC by. No, it's
0: a general copyleft, no, anyway. copy but there, are, for example, the, you know, the, the patent provisions, the, the, you know, and the DRM provisions that were added to GPLv3 were, you know, were different in character than. I don't agree with that, actually. Well, okay. I, I, I agree that the implied patent license in GPLv2, um, went, um, went a long way there, but what I'm saying is that in the, in the realm of, of a, of a merely Basically, the GPL is using copyright licensing to accomplish other problems that are not solely within any copyright. copyright. I think it is. um Whereas I think actually in the Creative Commons world that's much less of the case.
1: I I don't think Because you're not dealing with software. We should, we should debate this on our show. Okay. But I don't agree with that. But we should debate it on another show. But okay. I, I think um I think the or later can mitigate that particular problem of relicensing um, of code.
0: Well well that's why I was saying it's actually um potentially less of an issue with yeah. the Free Software Foundation because anyone who is willing to assign their code Who's to the Free Software Foundation is later, right? going to or later. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: So so uh, but, but I think the enforcement argument has been the traditional and primary argument that, that yeah to be it's just
0: that I've seen this relicensing issue happen quite a number of times now, and it's so much easier if there was a school.
1: yeah, but it actually is doable as well That's then the you just thing need to get forget. community
0: buy-in as opposed to right uh, you know as as opposed to actually contact getting every single
1: but you don't have developer. to get every single developer necessarily and you have to get a good majority, an overwhelming majority.
0: And rewrite some stuff uh, if you can't find people. Yeah, but the thing is – And track people down. So find you're, making, and it's you're making,
1: just, making you're the argument – it's, it's, it's not easy, but it's doable. See, that this is – I don't like going down that road because this is what people in the Linux community used to say they can never relicense Linux under v3. I don't think that's true. I think that it could be done if the will was there. Well,
0: it can – absolutely. And the will might and, get there. and each of those relicensing situations that we encountered or that I encountered, most some of them with you – they were, we're able to re- accomplish the relicensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so it's doable. Well, we can talk about one. Doable, of them. was one of them oh, we worked squeak, with because yeah. 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 They, they're a
1: conservancy member. We worked mm-hmm. with them to relicense it was public mm-hmm. because they. One of the last things we had them do was put a public notice up saying. We believe we've contacted everybody who's contactable. Uh, if you have any reason to believe that you don't want your code relicensed under the new license.
0: Yeah. You but need there, to there have us. been other relicensing situations as well. Um, and so I don't want people to think that I'm only talking yeah. about this quick relicense. No, I just wanted to give it as an example. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, and there are others as well. But like, yeah. I mean, I just think that, that, okay. So you're right. If you want to, re- if, if a community wants to relicense and has that, uh, momentum, they can do it. It's just a pain in the neck. And, you know, without people like us who are sort of willing to go and contact people and, um, mm-hmm. you know, figure it all out, it becomes a lot harder. Yeah. So um, having assignment to trusted organizations that are, you know, that are limited in what they can do with, the, you know, with the copyrights, it's, you know, in terms yeah, of licensing.
1: And to be clear what Karen means by that, she means the thing that I always call the promise back, which is where the f it's assignment promises never to make a proprietary software. So that's something that a lot of assign Calling it the promise back
0: is a little bit strange because it's confusing with the grant back.
1: Yeah, I know, but I was trying to actually use that as a... There's a grant back and there's a promise back. There's different things.
0: There... I, well, I, okay. I don't want to argue about the terminology, but I, you know... So there are two, basically two things in the... in the um, That we're talking about here. One is a is a is what we call a grant back where you say... Um, uh, okay, you assign your, um, your code to me, but I give you a grant to use the code however you want. So even though, um, you've licensed, you've assigned it to me to license under GPLv2, if you want to license it under other terms, you can, but only for your code that you've contributed. Um, and then the other part is this, is this, um, promise of this limitation of licensing where, um, where the organization that's taking the assignment basically says, um, uh, okay, you assign it to me and, in, and, and, you know, because of the kind of organization that we are taking free software as we are, uh, we promise that we will only license under certain licensing terms. In other words, we continue to license it freely.
1: Yeah, back in, uh, back in the days when I was executive director of FSF, I used to call that the, the replaced by replicants uh, thing, right? <laughs> so if everybody who's on the board of directors of FSF is replaced by replicants built by Microsoft, do, could they go proprietorize all of GCC? And the answer is actually no, because the, what would happen is everybody who's ever assigned could file a class action lawsuit against the FSF saying, you promised us that you would always release it under terms freely available to the public and all the language that's in there and making a proprietary license to GCC and distributing it, selling it to people is not within that. Therefore, you're in violation of our assignment contract.
0: You could also argue that it's an abuse of funds and under their tax exemption because they would be expending their resources in a manner that's, um, that's contrary to its mission would
1: you argue that in the (laughs) alternative after the contract term would you put that that. one first
0: i don't think it matters
1: yeah i I think the contract one's probably stronger the class action of everybody who had been promised (laughs) something it seems stronger to me i don't know but i'm not a lawyer i just
0: i don't know i mean it takes a lot more effort to put together a class action than it does to call the irs
1: that's true but that assumes the irs will listen Assume the IRS understands what open source and free software are.
0: Well, that is actually with regard
1: excellent. to FSF, they would not understand what open source
0: excellent is. Excellent point.
1: Yeah. So, um, so we're only one paragraph in. So, so this is okay. actually a topic I, I I was glad to discuss because I really wanted us to discuss that. But I think I, I want to do a whole show on it, and I, and I don't want you to get away with only doing a part of a show on it because I want to make you do a whole show on it sometime.
0: You can't make me do anything.
1: Um, <laughs> cajole? I can cajole you. I've cajoled you many times. You have cajoled. I feel bad me. about it. To tell you the truth, but about cajoling, the times you've cajoled me. Yeah, because cajoling is not nice. But I, I must admit that I have cajoled you, which wasn't very nice, and I apologize. That's here. interesting.
0: I wonder what you're. Oh, here?
1: In front of everyone.
0: In front of everyone.
1: I'm apologizing.
0: I can't accept because I don't know what you're exactly well, apologizing for. any for. time
1: I may or may not have cajoled you, uh, for all I such times. I may or may not past, accept that apology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have.
1: Cajoled, I'm sure I have cajoled you in
0: the past. Um. Okay. So. so
1: um. Okay, so she doesn't, Karen does not accept my apologies. Well, for, and
0: I, I'm not sure we need a whole other show on this, is all I'm saying. But uh, okay, but okay let's, we'll see. I didn't what, want to do
1: a whole other show on when I cajoled you. I want to we'll do a whole another show on copyright
0: assignment. Uh, well, even still.
1: Okay. So the, the issue with this particular code that we're talking about here, this ZFS code that's going into Grub, is there's no chance of them getting one of these copyright assignments. Oracle would never assign copyright to the FSF. Uh, Sun might have... And that might have been a conversation that could have been had, but now Oracle being the anti-free software company they are, uh, they're never going to sign. So then the question is, do you leave it in what they called Grub Extras, which was a different area, separate, not compiled in by default, etc., or do they actually incorporate it? And the reason this is important for Grub, just to go into the technological reason it's important, is if your primary file system or even a secondary file system turns out to be ZFS, uh, it's nice if Grub can read those files to, for example, grab a kernel off of one of those file systems to boot off of. And if it doesn't understand the file system, it sees it as just a binary blob. So those of you that have ever sat at a Grub command line, you've been able to tab complete through your slash boot directory and find older kernels to boot the one that you actually want. Well, you can't do that if Grub can't read the file system. So certainly if Grub ever wants to boot off of ZFS file systems, it needs this. But even as a convenience to users, it wants to have it for other user file systems that might be this particular file system format. So that's why Grub would really like to have it in by default and in the end the FSF decided to make an exception to his usual policy that we were talking about before of of universal copyright assignment all or nothing So to
0: not let good code fall by the wayside is Yeah in this case yeah and
1: and and so they did the opposite thing that happened with the COBOL situation they've they've accepted this code uh and it's interesting that they discuss some of the advantages of bringing in the code under GPL uh and the issue of software patents and whether or not they're patents that read uh, on the code and how Oracle licensed those under GPL, which is another interesting debate about, about what it means to license something GPL v2 or later when you which license it.
0: A which whole, is a whole discussion for another day.
1: Okay, that's fine. So I you want to have that one, but not this one. Okay.
0: That one, but not this one. But I did like that they did say that um, in here, the, we recognize it is practically impossible for end users to... Achieve a situation where they're completely safe from patent infringement, um, even if they pay so-called patent taxes to specific companies. I mean, the truth is that it's impossible to know, and it's right. impossible to be sure that you've you've paid off everybody that you need to, even if you intend to pay people off.
1: Yeah, I um I think the one thing I want to say about about the so Jonathan Corbett wrote a follow-up article to this where he talked about this announcement, um and he sort of went off about this idea of whether or not uh, a couple things he said that I actually responded to. Uh, that I wasn't too too happy about um, the way he put it. Now, now the question of what I think, I think Karen's right that we can debate whether or not GPL V2 or later means you're explicitly licensed under V3. I think that's actually an open question right now and and reason people disagree about that. But there also is the implicit patent grant in V2. So even if it's the worst case, they only license it under V2 explicitly then at least you get the benefit of yeah. the implicit patent grant already there in v And
0: I think V2. that's widely agreed. I don't think that's, uh, that's that controversial. That part's widely yeah. agreed. The
1: controversial part is whether or not they also licensed under v Oh, well, sure. That's, that's the thing that we'll have to have a debate on, which, yeah. which I think we ought to bring Fontana in for as well, because he's, he's big on that debate. I don't know. He's got, he's, he's, uh, he's tracking these issues. It's good. Mm-hmm. More so than, than a lot of other lawyers, I think. He's writing a lot about them anyway.
0: On. Um, Identica. Right.
1: Well, I mean, you can get you can say a lot in one hundred forty
0: characters. Mm-hmm. But, I actually, I mean, I I I I actually I love Fontana's analyses, and I I, I want I want more of it. But I find that when I look at, when you, you, you tell me he said something, and I look at the dent, it, it's <laughs> he hasn't said as much as you. Well, you have to read the say whole that he, But even still,
1: <laughs> you have to read the whole thread.
0: I know he's listening right now.
1: No, he doesn't listen. I don't think he does. Actually.
0: He just made a. He just dented today about. Yeah,
1: but that's because he listened to it because it was about the brief. He only listens when it's uh-huh. hardcore. So he's one of the people who wants your topics like you were suggesting. He's only listens when
0: there's when we a, talk about
1: hardcore illegal something or another. Okay. He doesn't listen to my usual annoying banter. Well, we'll find out, won't we, if he we gets. Well, I guess
0: far. it's our our annoying usual banter. Well, your isn't it? your
1: stuff's never annoying. That's the point.
0: That is very nice of you to say.
1: Um. So the other thing that, that I think in the analysis out to be ended on this that troubles me is they sort of hinted that there wasn't any ability to do enforcement if now that they took this code. That somehow it was a binary decision. That as soon as you take a third party's code and don't have assignment, your ability to do enforcement is gone.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and that's no, don't not true.
1: That's true. I think that's true. What I did in my response there, I said it's basically a spectrum. I think it's the case that the more copyright you have, the easier enforcement is. And the less copyright you have, the harder enforcement gets, because you take it down to the base cases on either side, right? If I have one line of copyrighted material in in a work, and I try to enforce the GPL, you just say I am going to write that line out and never use it again. Your line is gone. Go away. Um,
0: I disagree with you that there is much current debate among lawyers about whether GPL v two or later is equivalent to the licensing explicitly under GPL v three.
1: I I can't find I two lawyers who truly agree with each have other you. Have
0: you heard point. much debate? Yes. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. Mostly between Larry Rosen and Richard (laughs) Fontana.
0: And I know what they each hold.
1: (laughs) um, But all the same, I mean, why don't you guys guys write a white paper on this? You guys? Yeah, SFLC, your organization.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I have a lot of organizations. Oh, that's
1: true. But I didn't think questioning copyright was going to go right. a white paper. The Conservancy might. Conservancy probably wouldn't write a white paper on it. Probably
0: not, but, you know. And also, um, I'm counsel to quite a whole host of other organizations, too, that might. I can't think of any of them that would write a paper on this. FSF might.
1: Well, that's true, but that, mm-hmm. that would just go in the GPL FAQ. It wouldn't be really a paper. Uh-huh. I know how I've said – look, I'm the directors of FSF. I know how it would work. If FSF wanted to say something about this, they just add it as an FAQ question.
0: As a zealous advocate for the FSF, I'd say that they, uh, that they would probably reserve the right to publish any papers on whatever it is that they they find that is important. But, but
1: I know how, I just sort of know the procedural way that, that, that FSF is very, a very hacker oriented organization. They will, if, if an FAQ entry will solve the problem and it's the most, and, and FAQ entry is always going to be the most expedient way, that's what they'll do. They don't go for the pomp and circumstance of publishing an exciting white paper and that sort of thing, unless it's really necessary. That's my point. They yeah. don't over—they don't oversell what they're working on. That's my point. Not to say that I think else does.
0: That I, what I'm saying. Okay, well, hey, in some, I think I actually think that the legal analysis on that question is quite complicated yes, and it's not that's easy. Fine. And that's maybe why you've heard much debate. But I don't actually know that all these lawyers would disagree about the result. But okay.
1: Well, then write the darn white paper. It'll tell us what's going on here.
0: You know, I'm very, very, very busy. <laughs> SFLC is extremely busy, but yeah, we try to write as many white papers had, like, about as useful things as we possibly can. I think they are probably they're still we're, we're recording in the evening, or at least it's dark out. They're certainly still in the office, still working.
1: Just yeah, so call them up and get them. <laughs> don't you hate that when people do that to nonprofits? I think he's
0: conjo- I think he's cajoling me. Well, don't you
1: hate it when people do that to nonprofits? I, I hate that when I get the email from big corporate person TM who works for an organization that has thousands upon thousands of employees and they want to complain about how your nonprofit with nine people doesn't do Foo and hasn't taken care of Foo and why in the world can't you take care of Foo? I think I used Foo twice in that example. But Foo Bar Corp <laughs> and blah, right? So they haven't taken care of blah. And they're so the Foo Bar Corp so mad that you haven't taken care of blah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, we have nine employees. How many employees does your organization have? And then the next thing they say is like, well, it's hard to get anything done in an organization because there's so many people. I'm like, so, yeah. Then why don't you do it? Oh, no, no, we don't have enough people. It's like most people's teams at companies have more people on them, just their team for their little project. Yeah. Have more people on it than most nonprofits.
0: Yeah. And it is frustrating. And actually, yeah. at SFLC, we try to put out as much information as we can, but it's really tough because our advice to clients on things that matter to them right now is more important than trying to publish information later. Well,
1: well even with conservancy where I'm not, so we'd
0: ideally like to, we just can't, you know, I mean, here,
1: here's a great example of that. I say, I, this is why I want to point out. I wasn't controlling you because I understand this problem completely because I've worked in nonprofits for, for, for 11 years. Um, it, it, I, it really is the case like with conservancy. So I've been full time in conservancy since October one. And I was going to make blog posts every week. Then I decided to be two weeks. Then I decided to be a month. And i would not met any of it. I made one blog post. And the reason is, is that the, that there's so much stuff that the conservancy projects need, and I'm so blocked back, block, blah, blah, blah backlog <laughs> is what I wanted to say. That I haven't had time to go write a blog. And, this, and there's nothing. It's not like all in, this you... like
0: blah blah, blogs backlog. Yeah.
1: A bah, blah 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 blog. So you don't have a blah 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 blog because you're too busy doing work and you can't make a law blog.
0: <laughs> exactly. But yeah.
1: So um... God, that
0: must be exhausting. I don't know how people do it but it takes so much effort to write any kind of legal legal writing writing a law blog must be exhausting
1: yeah but that you realize that was a big joke right i do okay so um so i haven't even but blogged still. about there's lots of conservancy stuff that i could report on because none of it's really confidential but i just haven't had time to write all down all the things that have happened so i'm going to end up doing an end of year post that sort of covers october to december but this is a classic problem with nonprofits they don't have a lot of resources but meanwhile back on the point with this thing i i I certainly think that FSF still has a great standing to do enforcement on Grub should an enforcement issue come up on Grub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of a GPL violation on Grub, ever. Um, there could be some. That doesn't mean just because I haven't heard of it doesn't. Oh,
0: you not, should let us know if you I'm know of any. I'm
1: privy to a lot of GPL violations, but I'm not privy to all of them. Um, but I haven't really – because generally speaking, the kinds of devices, these embedded devices where most of the GPL violations occur, they tend to not be able to use a standardized bootloader because it's some specialized equipment. Um, so they use U-Boot sometimes, uh, micro-boot, but they generally have their own bootloader. So they don't really, they wouldn't use Grub. And Grub's too big. I mean, Grub's really a bootloader designed for the full PC mm-hmm. environment. So it's unlikely that anything but a full PC would use it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think what FSF's done, has done fine. And I, and I like to point to, as an advocate and director of FSF, I like to point to these cases where FSF makes a compromise to its usual policy. Yeah. People are so, uh, quick to say FSF's completely stringent and makes no exceptions and they just never not flexible at all. They, they, I never found that to be the case in anybody I've ever worked with FSF. I certainly wasn't that way when I worked for FSF. I'm not as a director. The people I work with on the staff at FSF uh, are not inflexible. That It's a matter of holding steadfast to principle. That doesn't mean you're completely inflexible on all issues. Uh And this is a case where they've said it much, was much better for the Grub project to have the ZFS code uh, in it so that the users could read the file system than it was to get the copyright assignment that they know they could never get.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I think that says it. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add to it.
1: So do you think Oracle's going to sue Grub <laughs> or RFSF? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not gonna answer this so that's why I asked you
0: I feel cajoled
1: I'm not cajoling I asked you I, asked I don't make
0: questions. I don't make predictions actually somebody asked me today about what was going what I I thought was um, were going to be the the key the the key happenings of 2011 and I just oh, this is such uh, stupid people always ask really those questions
1: leave. and and the funny the stupidest thing is that the change in dates is completely arbitrary. You know, it goes from 2011 to 20, 2010, 2011. It's, it's, the, the fact that that's where the calendar turns over, it's arbitrary. Well, it doesn't it matter. It is, but
0: i I think it's, well, I mean, on, on one hand, I think it's good to mark the time. Um, so it's good to have, you know, units of time that you can reflect on. It's useful. <sighs> no, it's it's useful, for example, to have financial years. It's useful. Calendars to have... are stupid.
1: <laughs> we should just live without calendars. Just be every day. I and mean, just do by like, like they used to do. Thousands upon thousands of years ago. Just like do it by what season it was. It was like the third, the third winter ago.
0: Really tough That'd to schedule conferences. Awesome.
1: Yeah, fine. I don't care. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah. so no. You just you schedule conferences. You just say it's n days from now. When you announce it, you say it's n days from now, and you count it down.
0: That sounds awful.
1: That would be awesome. Forget this dates. This the, all these. This I mean the the, the stupid calendar. It's it's. It's not even. But how would everybody remember accurate. my birthday? It's not even. Oh, we don't need birthdays. It's, done. <laughs> well, um, it's not. I even knew a, you were going to say that. But in, it's, in, in China, your birthday is the first of the year for everybody. So, at least legally speaking, I'm sure people remember their own. But, but your legal birthday is just your year. Did you know this? In no, I. The Chinese I government, when they store birthdays for people, they just store the year.
0: Oh, but that's not the first of the year. That's just saying well, they, they, it happened they, within the year. That's what confused well, yeah, me. Yeah. No,
1: I, I mean, basically, it's, oh, they, oh, they become yeah. the next stage. Cause this is a big thing in the Olympics. Cause they become the next stage yes. at the end yes, yes, yes. of this yeah, argument. Yeah. Oh. Cause, Cause basically, it's, it's the first of the year is when you'd have to consider. Cause you don't know. It's, it's the only date you can arbitrarily set. So, so you just remember what year and how many winters ago you were born or how many summers. See, ago. it would be
0: harder for me to remember. And actually, it would be harder for me to remember how many. Um, how many times, how many numbers ago, for example, you always say that you remember people's birthdays by their actual birthday or and year that you remember people's ages.
1: Well, no, I don't do, I only do the year people were born. That's true.
0: Right. So, that's not so basically, changes. well, that's what's hard. I mean, what's hard to remember is the thing that changes and you're saying Correct, now you only have to remember how many summers ago it was. And that seems much more difficult to me. Anyway, this oh, that's is a, a good point. really I agree crazy with that argument. Point. I so, agree with that point. And pretty of topic have a point and. On that one. And I am looking forward to a little bit of time off because we're still in December here. And I think that's a good time to segue into an outro. <laughs> As and Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of halfbigmedia.com. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. Free As and Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 unported license. Please provide any feedback to obcast at faif.us.
1: I'll give you that. But I still think it would be better oh, with these crazy calendars. The calendars – because they were invented. I'm, I'm telling you. The, chur- the church messed with it. The Romans messed with it. It's like everybody's messed with this darn calendar. I'm bothered by this.
0: That's too bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait, why don't we make up a new ca- Hey, did you? – I'm
0: know? bothered by a lot of things. <laughs>
1: did you know that I think it was Kodak – they the, the the CEO of the company was really crazy about this calendar stuff and how months weren't even amounts and all this stuff. And they made up their own calendar for the company so that everything would be uniform units. Which of,
0: company? was
1: it? I think it was Kodak. Oh. And they would have to have a reset. Like every five years they would do a reset where they would turn their first of the year into the other first of the year. To the real first of the
0: year. That's crazy. That everybody
1: else used. Because he wanted, he wanted to be able to look at. It's number, so crazy.
0: It just quarter, might work.
1: Quarterly reports and stuff. And they would always be quarter. Because because if you look at quarterly reports now. Not each one's a quarter. It's not exactly a quarter of the year. Because the months are all screwy. Because the Romans were crazy. And, the, and Pope Gregory, for all his calendar mucking, didn't fix this. He could have just made uniform months. Or just one extra long one or something. Hmm. Which we should have done because people don't work at the end of the year anymore. So they could just make an extra week on the end of the year. Most people,
0: I think, do work at the end of the year. They just don't work for a couple of days. Well, just they, a so many places
1: out. have these shutdowns. Did I ever tell you about when I worked at... You
0: did, I think you mentioned it on here.
1: I mentioned it on, well, on the old show. When uh, I the out. old
0: show is the new show for these purposes.
1: When I worked at Westinghouse, they had this mandatory shutdown. Did I mention
0: this? You did.
1: Have you seen this? Have you heard about this?
0: I've, I have.
1: It was horrible. People had to force take a week of their that's, vacation. That's
0: That's the worst.
1: They get two weeks vacation, but one week has to be the end of the last week of the year. It's like having the car in any color as long as it's black.
0: Well, thanks for joining us.
1: You're trying to end the show. People want to listen to this. I am trying
0: to. I don't people think people want to listen in. to this. They should
1: write in and say they wanted me to keep going.
0: Well, you could just have the the Bradley Coon show.
1: Well, you know this thing about Apparently Fab.
0: Apparently don't need me.
1: Fab made the Ranto Fab. You heard of this? No. He made, a, he made a spin-off show of Linux Outlaws called Ranto Fab.
0: Well, that's hilarious. You should do that.
1: Maybe Fab and I could do a show you, you together. You should have the. You should have the Ranto Fab
0: <laughs> You could have um, off-topic ramblings of Bradley Coon. Well,
1: that's what Fab Show was. So I, Fab and I have to do this. Great. Okay, and you want me to end the show? I do. Okay.